What's up, Dream Warriors? Welcome back to another episode of a podcast on Elm Street. I'm Mark. And I'm Brooke. And this week, we are joined by a very special guest, a great friend of ours, all the way down from the deserts of Utah. We have Michael here from the We Love Horror podcast. Michael, how are you? Hi, guys. I am doing great today. Um, a little stressed out, but I'm that comes with moving and, you know, moving shit around and stuff like that. But I am really good. Very excited for this episode. I've been looking forward to this since we talked about it. I mean, you guys have been bugging me incessantly about coming on your show. And I was like, <laughs> guys, come on. I'm, I'm really busy. And you guys were like, come on, please. And I was like, okay, fine. So here I am. <laughs> we got this super famous podcast here that we just were dying to get on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, in all honesty, it was probably the other way around. I was probably the one to come back on yours, but <laughs> but I'm happy to be here, you guys. Thank you for letting me come back on again. For sure, of course. Um, and on our last episode, uh, our Freddy versus Jason episode, we towards the end we said that we were going to be recording an episode on uh, Darkness Falls. But Brooke and I both spaced on the dates and completely forgot that this weekend was uh, was our recording with you, Michael. Um, so we're not talking about Darkness Falls this week. That'll be our next episode. Um, but Michael, you picked this movie for us to discuss today. So do you want to do the introduction? To it? Oh, absolutely. I can, I can do that. Um, yeah, so we are talking about Starry Eyes today from 2014 so mm-hmm. and i i fucking love this movie i love this movie so much it's one of my favorite horror movies of all time so <laughs> and i think i think mark really likes it too from what i know eh, i don't want to give too much away <laughs> <laughs> oh man but yeah i'm very excited to talk about this movie today awesome uh so before we get into like the more formal stuff michael do you want to give your podcast a little bit of a plug before we uh dive into the movie discussion and whatnot of course so i am michael i'm from the we love horror podcast and my podcast is just a weekly podcast where um it's just myself and i have a guest person on every week where we talk about just horror topics or horror film in general um and i normally go on have people go on instagram and vote for which film they want us to talk about and then we do whatever film gets the most votes on instagram so that's kind of something fun that i do um i'm gonna be taking a break in june and I'll be coming back in July with season two. So I've got a lot of really, really exciting things to announce in July. So, but yeah, that's the We Love Horror podcast. If you want to check me out, check me out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you stream your podcasts. Um, yeah, you can find me on Instagram at We Love Horror Podcast. So, yep, check me out. Very good. Very good. Um, all right. What have you guys been up to this week? Any, any good movies or shows or video games or books or anything that you're doing (laughs) besides moving? (laughs) Do you want me to go first? (laughs) Sure. If you want. Okay. I just didn't know if Brooke was going to chime in first. So I was like, Oh, no, you're the guest. You go for it, bud. Okay. So, um, I haven't really had the much time to watch a whole lot this week, um, except for the film that we're talking about today. And then I've been watching the hatchet franchise because that's going to be Josh and I's next episode on the, uh, another horror pod, which is another podcast that I do. So I guess I should have plugged that one in as well. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we're doing the hatchet franchise on the next episode. So I've been trying to watch those. This is actually a first time watch for me on all of those movies. I've never seen them before until now. So 
I honestly can't wait to hear that episode because uh, those movies are fucking crazy. Yeah, they are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then um, aside from that, I haven't really been watching anything. Uh, stuff that I've been reading, um, I sent this to you a while back, Mark, that Blair Witch book that I got Yeah. in the mail uh, a few weeks ago. Yep. I just finished reading that, and it's just kind of like a book that I think a super fan wrote about like the making of it and stuff. Okay. And it's just the ins and outs of how they made that film. And it, it was a really good book. So I recommend it. Yeah, I got it off I'm the same website. Yeah, I got off the same website that I got the, um, I can't remember if it's Waxwork Records or if it's uh, the other one that I get stuff from. But um, <clears> yeah, I got it from there. So aside from that, not a whole lot. That's about it for me. Right. <laughs> what about you, Brooke? Uh, so not much this week. Um, we finished, uh, the whole series of temptation islands. So I mean, that's exciting. <laughs> <laughs> the show is fucking addicting. Oh my God. Um, and then the only movie I watched was, uh, in search of darkness, a journey into eighties horror. I finished the first movie. Oh, wow. Um, it was like four and a half hours. Uh, watching like six different sittings pretty much, <laughs> but uh, it's really good. Um, the one that I didn't like is they kind of do like talk about a lot of like spoilers in the 80s movies, so like a lot of them, like I've wanted to watch but haven't seen, they like talk about some like really big scenes and stuff in it. So, I mean, they've been up for 40 years, so I can't really complain about spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, if there's some movies from the 80s that you want to watch, um. I've definitely watched those before you watch the documentary, but overall it's a really good documentary, uh, really well put together and is cool to get everyone's like opinion on the movies and mm-hmm. the impact and stuff like that. Um, yeah. Yeah. I really wanted to watch it until I saw that it was like four and a half hours long. I was like, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I Mark's having a Lord of the Lord of the Rings flashbacks too soon. Yeah, too soon. pretty much, pretty mm. much. Yeah, but uh, yeah, what about you, man? Uh, I haven't watched very much this week. Um, I don't know where the week's gone, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sarah and I popped an edible last night and watched uh, Babysitter Killer Queen. Nice. Um, so that was fun. Did she, did she like that one better than the first one no she liked the first one better oh good that's good choice yeah <laughs> good choice <laughs> this one was like way over the top it was i don't know like they went too far with the the humor like it worked really well in the first one but in the second one i found it was just too over the top well and i'm not a super super huge fan um am i allowed to say spoilers on this podcast yeah okay so for like i don't like the fact that melanie is bad in the second one not a fan of it i feel like that was just kind of an afterthought that they were like okay how are we going to make this movie different we need a villain Mm -hmm. they just put her and i was like i don't like that very much no and she i don't like she played it well but i don't know not as well as uh samara weaving did yeah and uh i started i watched half of psycho gorman Nice. And I plan on finishing the second half. I would love to do it tonight, but I doubt that's going to happen. Um, but probably tomorrow night or the night after for sure. Cause uh, it's, I'm having a fucking blast watching it. It's so good. Yeah, it is good. It is good. Um, but yeah, Josh other than that, not a whole lot. Sorry, Josh what? doesn't like it very much. 
I don't care what Josh likes and doesn't like <laughs> at this point. Any movie I like, that motherfucker doesn't like. So, whatever. well, I'm always well, I'm always like, if you don't like a movie, just remember, Josh, you liked The Grudge 2020, so don't even talk to me about <laughs> shitty movies. <laughs> don't even talk to me. <laughs> oh man. But uh, yeah, other than that, haven't done a whole lot this week. Been a quiet week for that. Feel like uh, oh, what? Sorry. Go ahead. I just said uh, I was just gonna say I feel like we've all had kind of busy weeks this week. Yeah, it's been a, been a weird week. Has been, yeah. <laughs> but anyways, let's <laughs> uh, let's hop into this movie discussion. If you guys are ready to do that, well, you want to talk about the cast and stuff. Well, I mean, like, we'll oh, okay. Hop hop into like the actual movie part. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so like we said in the intro this week, we were talking about 2014's Starry Eyes. And before we do that, I'm thirsty. Are you guys thirsty? I am very thirsty. Oh, I'm very thirsty. <laughs> Michael's like, what What do I do? Except I have nothing to drink this week, so. <laughs> oh, no. I know, I was a little unprepared. You oh, know. that's awful. Sorry, you guys. You can drink vicariously through us. Okay, yes. sounds good. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Ooh. Brooke's not cracking anything again. Nope. I got a, a nice margarita. <laughs> oh, very nice. very nice. It's almost like it's summer in Canada. <laughs> I'm drinking an El Gringo La Pachanga. Ooh, mm. that rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? La Pachanga. Yeah, La Pachanga. <laughs> I don't know, I like the can. I've never tried it, but. What's the verdict? It tasted good at the start, but it's got like a odd aftertaste. Is it a beer? Mm-hmm. All beer has a gross aftertaste. It's beer. It's actually at Cerveza. <laughs> cerveza. <laughs> you sounded so sassy when you said that. It's Cerveza. Says it right on the can. But yeah, I don't know. It's not bad. Beer is good, Michael, so... You just be quiet over there with your no drink. It's not good, but. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. So starting off with the synopsis, we have a hopeful young starlet uncovers the ominous origins of the Hollywood elite and enters into a deadly agreement in exchange for fame and fortune. Ooh. Dun, dun, dun. Pretty pretty much every Hollywood actress summed up in one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Uh, so this movie was directed by Kevin Kolsch and Dennis Widmeyer. And these two must be a pair because they had all the same directing credits. Uh, so they directed the Pet Cemetery remake. Um, they did uh, the Valentine's Day segment in the horror anthology Holidays. 
they both directed three episodes of the Scream TV show, and they did a movie called Absence, which I've never heard of. But interesting. I never knew that I mean, they they... TV show like three episodes of Scream. That's interesting. That's yeah, I didn't know that either. I thought that was pretty cool. I liked that show. I liked the second season better. I feel like the first season was more of like a soap opera type of thing. Like yeah. you slept with you slept with this person and you slept with that person. And yeah. <laughs> Felt like the second season was a lot more like bloody, gory, more mm-hmm. of what Scream is supposed to be. But yeah. I was really hoping for a third season of it. I'm surprised that they didn't do it. Well, they did do a third season, but it was like completely like retconned. They retconned the first two seasons of Scream and brought back entirely new people with the actual ghost face mask instead of the Brandon James one, which don't even watch the third season. It's garbage. It's awful. Really? Mm -hmm. Yep. They decided to not bring back the original cast of like the first two seasons and just do a completely different new season. And it's stupid. That's so weird. I did not realize that they did that. Yeah. Yeah. It's dumb. Don't watch it. I mean, if okay. you want to watch it, you can watch it, but I'm just <laughs> right now it's not great. But it's not a continuation of the first two seasons. Nope. Which is probably why I went in it with like very low expectations. Cause I was like, are mm-hmm. you kidding me? Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Kind of like what they're doing with Scream 5. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Anyway. Although I do have high hopes for that movie. So uh, I don't want to have high hopes for it because I don't want to be disappointed, but yeah yeah that's understandable i have high hopes that it's gonna be good well no that's obviously never mind i'm just backtracking (laughs) on myself there (laughs) we we get what you're saying mark we get what you're saying yeah i don't know i'm hopeful that it's gonna be good but my hopes aren't super high yeah all right uh moving on to the cast of starry eyes we have alex esso who played sarah uh, she was in Dr. Sleep. She played Wendy Torrance. I thought that was pretty cool. I still have yet to see Dr. Sleep, though. Oh, so good. It is good. It is really good. Have I really enjoyed the, the book. Have you watched the director's cut one, Brooke? No, I haven't, no. Oh, it's even better. Really? <laughs> yeah, wow. yeah. And she was in a few episodes of The Haunting of Bly Manor, a movie called Midnighters, The Neighbor, and Homewrecker. So up until like recently, besides Starry Eyes, she wasn't really in anything like super well known. Yeah, I feel like this was like her like rise to to fame after mm-hmm. this film. This is what got her like foot in the door to be in all yeah. these other films, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've never heard of her before, but just reading her uh, bio, she's actually was born in Saudi Arabia. It's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, I thought that was cool. But yeah, like without going too far ahead, I thought she was great in this movie. So it's it's no surprise that this was kind of like a stepping stone for her to get bigger roles. Oh, mm-hmm. for sure. Well, and I read an article as well that uh, she kind of, I don't want to jump too far ahead, but I read an article that she kind of took from like personal experience with this film. Oh, like, really? Yeah, that's the thing I really like about this film is that it like, like I said, not to jump too far ahead, but I like how this film kind of highlights the the difficulties of trying to be an actor or an actress in hollywood like it's not Mm -hmm. as easy as people think it is so it's Mm -hmm. it's very interesting that they take that kind of approach in this film and yeah she talks about how she kind of took from personal experience in her acting career to do Mm -hmm. this film so i was like that's cool i mean it makes sense like hollywood's a cutthroat industry right like everybody moves to hollywood with big city dreams and like they have stars in their eyes but 
realistically it's not the case yeah. well yeah like, like just like i'm not gonna say names but a few you know big huge movie producers you know all the shit that they've does come out of, out of like the media in the past like three or four years you know mm-hmm. yeah yeah that too yeah it was all kept pretty hush hush until the past like five years or so but mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's fucking crazy yeah um next up on the cast list is amanda fuller and she played tracy and she's one of the main people in uh, last man standing i've never watched that show but it's uh uh no, me either fucking what's his name tim allen yeah tim allen it's his show uh but she was in like 167 episodes of that uh she's been in Grey's anatomy she was in orange is the new black and brooke in our last episode on freddie mm-hmm. versus jason both agreed that what was her name monica monica kina or something like that the the main character in freddie versus jason yeah we both agreed that she would play a really good Brittany Murphy if they yes. ever did if they ever did a Brittany Murphy movie. Yeah. Wow. Really turns excited. out turns out they have. And uh this Amanda Fuller girl played Brittany Murphy yet. Really? Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> so, I got really excited when you said that. I was like, <laughs> Same thing. I've always had a thought she looked like Brittany Murphy. Like when I was younger, I actually thought that that was Brittany Murphy and Freddie versus Jason. <laughs> she does really look like her. Um, I see that she was also in Cheap Thrills. Have either of you guys seen that movie? No. I've heard of it, but I yeah, have not seen yeah, it. Me too. I'm not even sure what it's about. No, really. Is it about Cheap Thrills? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's kind of similar to Funny Games, I think. Oh, okay. Does Sia make an appearance in it? do we get to hear cheap thrills playing in the background at some point yeah okay cool maybe it's actually just one of her music videos yeah (laughs) probably Uh. um next up is noah segan or yeah i'm just gonna go segan no noah segan he played danny um out of all the casts like he's probably been in the most popular movies uh so he was in knives out uh looper the Last Jedi, um, Brick, which was a fucking fantastic movie, uh, The Pale Door, and Scare Package, which are both Shutter originals that uh, just recently got added to Shutter not too long ago. Yeah, The Pale Door still has to see it on my list, but he was the only one in this movie who I recognized out of anyone. Yeah. 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 See, and that's the fu- oh. that's the funny thing is I don't feel like I have I don't feel like I remember seeing him ever i don't know weird <laughs> i think i mainly remember him that? from looper i think it's from what i mainly remember him from yeah i was just gonna say michael have you seen his movies i just run off <laughs> <laughs> if not you wouldn't have recognized him well i've seen looper before but it's been so long i don't remember whether or not he's in it so it's yeah been a, it's been a while and knives out i don't think i've seen yet so oh man you gotta watch that it's movie. good it's good yeah. I'm really liking this La Pachanga. <laughs> it's good. All right. And last on my list, I have uh, Fabienne Therese, and she played Aaron. Uh, she was in John Dies at the End, Playing It Cool, Endless Love, and Earth is a Paradise. Yeah, she Sounds hasn't been like in a, a whole bunch lot. of soap operas. No. No, she hasn't. 
Um, was there anybody else in the movie that you guys wanted to give an honorable mention to or something like um, that? The casting director, Maria Olsen, like I've seen her in a couple of other things. Like she has mm-hmm. one of those faces. Like she has one of those like interesting, interesting faces. She has. She... Do what? She has like 266 credits or something like that. Yeah, oh, that's wow. what I was looking at. It says she's been in Paranormal Activity 3. Uh, mm-hmm. Percy Jackson. She's been in uh, the Percy Jackson films. Uh, yeah. Yeah, a bunch of movies that I've never seen, but yeah, holy shit, she's been a lot. Like, that's why I, when I saw this movie, I was like, she looks familiar. Why do I know her? <laughs> but aside from there, that, that's the only person that I <laughs> wanted to bring up. With her, too. Oh, she, had a, she has 185 credits, sorry. And she has 47 upcoming projects. Jesus. Wow. Like, like, what do you do with your life? Like, how, how do you have that much time? <laughs> She's like the new Octavia Spencer, basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Some of these like- movies look so bad, though. Like, there's one that has a 1.7 star rating on IMDb. <laughs> <laughs> hey, she's making money, though. So there you go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, oh, she's also in um, Lords of Salem, it says. She has a part in Lords of Salem as well. Oh, really? Uh-huh. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah. Oh, she's in Southbound as well. <clears throat> oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. Very interesting. I think uh, we should call uh, Daniel from the Creepy Crap Podcast and tell him to review that 1.7 movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Come I'm back from the that. dead. Yeah. Oh, but, uh, yeah, Brooke, was there anybody that you wanted to mention or talk about or you um, there was one person but i'll save it for a specific scene okay that we talk about okay all right well i guess we'll hop into this movie discussion then perfect Let's do it so i felt like the the beginning of this movie really captured like what michael said that really captures what hollywood is all about um like our main girl, she works at this shitty restaurant called Big Taters, which I'm guessing is like a ripoff <laughs> on Hooters. Hooters, yeah. In a sense. yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, so she's working at this shitty restaurant and just wants to be an actress, basically. Mm-hmm. And I thought even kind of the, the kind of tropes, sort of like at her friends, like at the party, like, you know, the guy who wants to be a filmmaker the like friend who's not really a friend is just like a bitch to her the whole time Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. who is kind of like bringing her down every single chance she gets because probably more of jealousy mm-hmm. um so i thought like the beginning of the movie really captured that in a sense mm-hmm. yeah well and i especially like how the score i, lo- I want to talk about how much i love the score in this film for a second because it's agreed fucking- beautiful this is like probably in my top 10 favorite scores for a film of all time Mm -hmm. i just really love this score but i like how at the beginning it starts off really like you know kind of like a music box and then the more you see like the montage of her go through go in and out of these auditions it kind of slows down and it gets like more you know tiresome as if it's like she's getting exhausted on top of you know the music kind of showing that and i really like how they did that whole thing Mm -hmm. just wanted to like spin up uh, or uh what's the word snowballing what you were saying about that whole like (laughs) opening scene i like how the music kind of gives you a really good um you know impression of how that's going for her Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, and the one scene kind of reminded me of like that like 80s like synth music. Um kind of like stranger things ish like that yeah yeah uh, the vibe to it they originally wanted to do like an orchestra for the score but then whoever it was that created the music he convinced them to let him do like a synth track for it Mm -hmm. and that's like it anytime i hear synth scores now it always brings me back to it follows because Like yeah, that whole disaster a- piece score is fucking yeah. phenomenal. And like anytime I so now, like anytime I hear a synth score, it's it like my mind instantly reverts back to that movie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel like that's where this movie kind of well, I don't I don't want to say that this movie directly took inspiration from it follows, but it was made in the same year. So I don't True. know, it could have been it could have been they could have gotten a lot of inspiration from disaster piece, which made mm-hmm. the score for it follows. So because there's there's a lot of similarities with that. With the yeah. score in this film to that one, so I definitely agree with you on that, Mark. Mm-hmm. And Michael, you and I just did a, a recording for an episode, and we both went back to that disaster piece score as well. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm not going to say what movie it was because I don't think. Well, I guess it's obviously we did the poll and everything, so people would know what it is. But oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But anyways, um, yeah, I agree with you guys. The score in this movie is fucking wicked. Yes, yeah, so good. It is great. The, the one guy at the party, I don't know what the fuck he was doing. Like the one friend that was like on the mic, just like. <laughs> well, and I love how he's talking yeah. about how Aaron's like a bicycle. And she, the word is that she gets around and people, he's like, I haven't got to ride that bicycle yet. <laughs> I was like, what kind of party is this? Like, And the, uh, can I just say how disgusting that house is too? Like you see even yeah. more in like later parts of the film, but that movie is just, that house is just dingy and gross and like Mm -hmm. it just looks like everything like the countertops the floors it just looks like everything i just feel like you'd walk in that house and your feet would just stick to the floor because it just looks so gross it's a good thing (laughs) good thing you never came to my college house then yeah because yeah the one question i had about this is we find out that danny's living in a van like outside of the house Mm-hmm. mm-hmm yeah and like i was wondering like whose house is this that they keep going into I feel because, like it's like, Aaron's house. And wait, no, maybe not. Actually, it it looked like they lived like kind of like a like in a hotel. It's like a complex sort of. almost. Yeah. Yeah. So and I was confused about that. Like, if Danny's living in the van outside this house, like, why doesn't he just stay in there? Because Aaron is in the house later at the end of the movie as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they all like it. Seems like they all live together aside from um, uh, uh oh my gosh. I'm forgetting her name right now. The who the main Sarah Sarah, and Sarah. Her, yeah Sarah. I don't know why I couldn't remember. Uh, <laughs> it seems like they all live together aside from Sarah and her roommate. Yeah, Tracy. So like Sarah and Tracy live together, and then I think the other group live together, but like in a separate dwelling. Yeah, yeah. But it does seem like Brooks said like a motel or some sort of thing like that. Like it it looks like a complex of some sort. Like yeah, like it's all just like conjoined apartments or something. Yeah. But like mm-hmm. a single level, it looked like. I don't know. Yeah. I was one like, and they're all actors or filmmakers or like uh script writers and stuff like that. So I'm wondering if it's like sort of a a common area for all these people to just kind of stay at while they're working on making it big. It's mm-hmm. a good thought. Yeah, I never thought about it that way. That's a pretty good thought though. Cause I don't think all of them were friends before living there because obviously sarah and tracy 
know each other from somewhere, but then Tracy has introduced Sarah to all these other people because later on in the movie, Sarah's like, they're not my friends, they're your fucking friends. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So it's almost as if Sarah's been kind of brought in from somewhere else. And you mm-hmm. can tell, you can tell from the moment she walks in the house that she does not want to be there at all. Like she's oh, like, yeah. I don't not want to be here. I don't want to associate with any of these people. Mm-hmm. Like, and what Brooke was saying earlier about Aaron, she's just like, she's the worst kind of bitchy person too, because she's like the passive aggressive bitchy person. Like the one that'll mm-hmm. act nice to your face and be like, oh, I was just joking. It's fine. Yeah. Like she, I, uh, I'd rather you be just a bitch to me than just be mm-hmm. passive aggressive to me because it just, that just drives me crazy. But yeah, she's so... She's such a bitch in this movie and her friend that's always with her too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, can't stand them. Picking off where we left off. So our main lead, she is looking through kind of this website that has all these different job auditions and she sees one called the silver screen. So she clicks on it, sends in her picture and I guess her kind of resume and she gets a call back and she goes to this first audition. And what uh, did you guys make of the first audition and the people that she was auditioning for? God, well, I love, well, I first wanted to say that I really love the nightmare that she has before she goes yes. to the audition. That scene yes. is mm-hmm. so cool the way they did that. Cause she's standing there and it looks like she's in the audition room, you know, and she's talking to like, she's reading her lines. And then every time she keeps looking down, her lines keep disappearing. And then at mm-hmm. one point there's like nothing left on the page. And I just think that was like a really cool representation of how, like, how it would be to go into an audition, how like nerve wracking that would be. And how, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I remember personal experience, quick story real quick. There was a, there was a film that was being made in St. George and it was like at my college and I went and auditioned for some weird reason just to kind of say that I did it. And it was like, I did awful. I did not do very good at all. I'll admit that right now. But it was nerve wracking going in there. And it was like, I was reading like three lines of dialogue and that was it. But it was scary. So like, I like how they kind of put their own twist of how it could be to go into an audition room and like the the anxiety that comes with that. I just really love that scene a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, apart from the blood like on her head and stuff, I thought the rest of it was like very real of what it must feel like doing an audition. Yeah, yeah definitely. Like forgetting your lines is probably one of the biggest fears that any actor could have. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, definitely. And then you just have to stand there like awkwardly and be completely humiliated if you can't even say your lines. So like mm-hmm. that would just be really, I think they did a really good job representing that. What do you think the blood was for on her head? I think the blood was just to kind of add to the anxiety. So it was kind of like a, almost like a fever dream type thing. And maybe okay. it's like for, it, it might also be foreshadowing uh, specific events to come later. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't, yeah, I I don't thought, really know what to make of the blood, but. Yeah. I thought maybe they just threw it in there to kind of give it more of the horror uh, genre. Cause like really don't get much, much horror until the very end of the movie almost like the last mm-hmm. like 20 minutes or so yeah 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 but uh the one actor that i wanted to mention at the start was the guy that plays the assistant in this audition <laughs> he's such thought, a douchebag he's such a douchebag <laughs> and he plays it so well like just facial expressions yeah and, mm-hmm. oh man i was cracking up well and yeah. i love the way he talks too because she, she first comes in and she's like hi i'm sarah walker and he's like huh hello sarah 
<laughs> we, that won't be because she's like do you want my do you want my headshot and he's like that won't be necessary we have your digital file yeah <laughs> <laughs> and then she's and then i love when she's like oh well i just thought you might need a copy and he's like what you do in this room right now will um render that headshot null and void <laughs> uh, <laughs> a resume won't change that like he's yeah. just oh. <laughs> I his know, his like a- mouth movements were so perfect. They were, yeah. And yeah. Uh, the, we'll the casting director, yeah, the casting director was just, <laughs> you know, staying stone faced the whole time. Certainly, get much from her until later on in the second audition. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, but yeah the, this movie kind of reminded me of a Black Mirror episode. I can um, see that. I don't know. It's got that vibe from it. Um, and uh, then whenever she she's done her audition, she goes in the bathroom, starts freaking out. I was like, why are you freaking out? You did such a good job during it. Mm-hmm. Like even the people who were auditioning her, they they just said, okay, we'll be in touch. It's like well, they didn't say I... they didn't say no, we hated it, we won't call you back. You know, they just said, Oh, we'll be in touch. Well, I don't know if that's something that she's used to hearing though. That might just be something that like that might be like the nice way of um audition like producers and stuff like that who are auditioning people that might be the nice way to say that you did a shitty job and we won't be in like we'll be in touch like because yeah. you because you, like she does a really good job in the you know in the audition and then after that they're basically like oh yeah we'll we'll keep we'll be in touch and then that's when the shift changes like that's when the music changes and she's like well do you want me to read another scene and they're like no we saw what we needed to see and mm-hmm. so like i think that's just something that she's used to hearing and that's probably why she like freaked the fuck out because yeah and well and i like this whole scene where she goes in the bathroom and freaks out too but i'll let you take it away with that brooke sorry <laughs> yeah no uh, i i did like her like freak out scene but then uh, the movie kind of turned for me whenever the girl is just standing outside the bathroom and then brings her in she's like oh, i want you to do that fit for us that's like hey what the fuck and then i, I don't think like, you can just like do it on cue like that no <laughs> <laughs> and i mean even uh the main character like she even says like oh i don't have much hair left to do that again <laughs> uh, yeah. but i just thought it was super weird uh but i guess that's what they're going for i found it weird that they wanted her to have that freak out because the role that she's like auditioning for judging on like the small excerpt of the script that she did like it doesn't seem like that's the type of character that she's auditioning for like someone to have a complete like mental breakdown spell like that yeah well maybe they just wanted to see her like let go like fully Mm -hmm. just like let go i don't know but i love how i love how when she starts having her fit they kind of like lean over the desk they just kind (laughs) of like watch her as they and then when she's done they're just kind of like the one guy's just like the fuck just happened yeah (laughs) oh man when i love how she's like i want to see your fit sarah (laughs) (laughs) what was that you were doing in the washroom sarah (laughs) <laughs> oh man but this yeah. one was kind of different than the one in the bathroom because like i almost got it like a feel that she was possessed to a sense mm-hmm. yeah it's like something it's like almost something like takes over her in that moment and then she kind of snaps out of it because then when she's done she kind of like just like rolls on rolls over on her to her stomach and she's like what the fuck just happened like she, i don't even think she's fully aware of what just happened yeah i, don't, I got the vibe that it was almost uh you know, like she was pleasuring herself in a way. And then after she was done, like finishing, she was like, oh, 
the hell what was that <laughs> she's like oh yeah she's like i'm not in my room right now am i yeah. <laughs> oh, this is awkward <laughs> oh, i love man. ripping my hair out for pleasure yeah yeah, because she, well, she, she also talks about how, like, that's something she's just done since she was, like, a little girl. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you see her do it at the start of the movie, too, like, in that um, opening montage scene where she's going from audition to audition. She goes in the bathroom and kind of does it, too, for a second. And yeah. I just that, that's just, like, one of her, like, weird little ticks that she does to kind of, like, center herself again, I feel like. Mm-hmm. I do wish they kind of went more into detail with it because she just says she did have done it since she was little. Like, wish we could have yeah. got some more background on why she does that because she's literally ripping her hair out and like it's you know it's pretty painful there is a condition where people do that i can't remember like i have no idea what it's called but like there's there is people that like will actually physically pull their hair out i think with her it's more like an anxiety sort of thing like michael said she uses it almost as like a grounding technique yeah. But at the same time, like she goes into a full blown fucking meltdown in that bathroom and she's like rolling around on the floor and shit like that. <laughs> she's like banging her purse against the stall walls. And, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I don't cool. think I don't think it's doing what she wants it to do. <laughs> well, and then you get that cool shot where she's like hunched over the toilet and you see like the shot through her hair. Like mm-hmm. it's like her hair uh, is like, uh, what is the word? Tum- like kind of hanging down and you kind of get that shot through her hair. I think that part was yeah. really cool. Yeah. But yeah, this audition's super weird. <laughs> Anything you want to add about that audition, Mark? I don't think so. I think we covered pretty much all of it. Like, I don't know if I'd want to work for people like that. I mean, for her, it's like supposed to be her big break. But I mean, I don't know. Like, they're just like super intimidating, and I just feel like you'd be a ball of stress the whole time trying to make a movie with them. Yeah, for real. I agree. Yeah. So I think at one point Danny tells her she tells them that she got an audition that uh, was like astral Astraeus. Astraeus, yeah. yeah, yeah. And Danny's like, "Oh, like they're pretty big. Like they disappeared a few years ago, but now they're coming back." So mm. like I don't know. Like it seems like more people should know about <laughs> the way these people are. Yeah, yeah. That's and there true. was like six or seven girls that were in the like line auditioning as well. So. Mm-hmm. yeah well it might be one of those things like you know how those well and i also kind of like how this film plays on that idea that a lot of people there's there's conspiracy theories out there that people are a part of the illuminati i almost feel like this is kind of like that mm-hmm. where they kind of play on that idea where the the hollywood elite are part of this big thing where they all made a pact with the devil for fame and fortune and i kind of like that they play on that and i feel like that might it just might be more of like a secret thing that not everybody knows about because only specific people because even the producer says it to sarah later on when she's in his office he says not very many people have made it to this room so it's like i don't think people really know the whole process of getting into this whole deal and this pact with this cult until they get to the highest level Touching on that, the like creepiest part of that whole scene is he didn't say people, he says girls. He says not a lot of oh, girls right. have made it to this room. Yeah. Which yeah. is just like it just goes to show what his intentions are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah. like this movie is so fucking relevant to this day and age in Hollywood, like with the Hollywood elite and all that shit. Like the whole yeah. like Weinstein thing and the the Jeffrey Epstein and all that stuff. Like it's fucking crazy how relevant this movie is <laughs> in comparison to all that shit. And they kind of predicted it before it's time too, because this came mm-hmm. out in 2014, and I don't think the the um, the Weinstein scandal came out until like 2017 ish, I believe. If not, if not later. Yeah. Yeah. 
So yeah, this movie kind of predicted future events, which is kind of creepy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's the one thing I liked about this movie and the rest of the culty shit kind of lost me. Um, mm-hmm. That was the one part of it that I didn't like that much at all. But, uh, but yeah, so what else happens in between her first audition and second audition? I don't think very much. No, because she's at big. She's at big taters. It's like it goes back to her being a big. <laughs> goes back to her being a big taters, and they're like our little tater tot, <laughs> full of birthday cheer. And it's like two like older guys that are just like creepy as fuck. Yeah, I was kind of worried about her boss, but he kind of yeah. was wasn't the character I thought they were going to make him out to be. Like he has mm-hmm. like one line where he says like the one dishwasher or whatever. He's like, oh, when did she? get that ass or she was wearing some like tight pants and he says that line but then throughout the movie i i didn't feel like he was like creepy side i thought he was actually like a her boss he's kind of a nice guy but there are moments where he is a little creepy because like that the part that you were talking about is when she has her phone in there and he's like where did she put that thing yeah because <laughs> yeah. she's like walking out he's like the phone again sarah we just talked about this yeah. and then like that's what happens again when she's at the the restaurant after they do the whole birthday shout out to the one guy um and then they go or she goes back to answer a call because she gets a phone call from them and so she goes mm. out there and then i love what he says the one guy the the uh the bus boy or whatever he's like what are you doing standing there i told you to go defrost those chicken strips like an hour ago they're <laughs> like a block of ice surprise <laughs> yeah oh man there's like a lot of little funny moments in this film that i feel like are just really subtle that i really mm. enjoy mm-hmm. but yeah. oh go ahead I was going to say my first time watching it, I was thinking that he was going to be like a creepy, yeah, like shady looking boss too. But mm-hmm. yeah, well, I like kind of her... almost expected him to be with them at the end for some reason, like mm-hmm. a part of this whole thing. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. Just, yeah. yeah. But I liked how he was more of like a true boss. Like when he's given his little spiel at one of the interviews, like, you know, if you want to be a tater girl, you know, <laughs> 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 and there's the whole spiel about how like he doesn't, he knows that to them, this isn't a cool thing to do, but like to him being like a 45 year old man, like this is cool to him. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Calling little kids tater. See you later, tater gator. When they walk out the door, <laughs> that's me. Yeah. <laughs> I know it's not I, cool to a young woman your age. Yeah. I feel like anyone who like owns or runs a Hooters or a big taters or something like that. Like if there's anybody that's listening, but I feel like, Anybody that runs a restaurant like that, like you got to have some sort of like creep side to you. Yeah, yeah. definitely. I, I guess, I guess so. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know. So well, like, you're saying the owner of Chuck E. Cheese is a pervert? No, <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying restaurants where the waitresses are scantily dressed with their tits hanging out and their asses hanging out like there's a certain type of douchebaggery that goes with running a business like that yeah it is a little uh, scummy a little bit Mm -hmm. yeah i mean that's like go ahead i was gonna say with that being said i would love to run one (laughs) (laughs) of course of course you would mark (laughs) i mean like that's one part of like history that is like never changed at all really like that's just yeah. the game of the business and you know whether people like it or don't it's just that's what 
gets them extra money, you know? Yeah. Exactly. That's what pays the bills. Mm -hmm. But, well, and I love how when she, in this scene, when she gets the, when she calls them back, and he's like, don't interrupt me, Sarah. She's like, <laughs> like, yeah, we tried calling. She's like, oh, yeah. And he's like, do not interrupt me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. But then they basically call At the end, back. she apologizes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm really sorry for interrupting you. Yeah. And then he just hangs up. <laughs> well, then I also love how he's like, we want you to come in for an another audition. He's like, this one's going to be different than the first one. She's like, oh, well, that's good because I don't have very much hair left. And he's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man she's like super awkward but like whenever she gets into her acting like she you can tell that she's really confident in what she's doing mm -hmm. oh yeah. yeah yeah and she plays she plays like these she plays this role so naturally like it doesn't feel mm -hmm. like i'm watching an actor act i feel like i'm actually watching her like go through these these motions and go through these emotions very naturally Mm -hmm. I think it's she's really good at the in this film. Like she's fantastic. Yeah. But I was also yeah. gonna make mention of like there's this one part where she uh when she's talking on the phone with him, it almost seems like she trips. And like yeah. feel, I wonder if that was like an actual thing that happened and she just went with it. Cause I kinda like that. Mm-hmm. It looked subtle. like it didn't look like it was scripted. Yeah, because it looks like she's like kind of like trips over her own foot, like her yeah. heel kind of like gives out or something, but yeah. But then I love how she goes and basically quits her job. <laughs> yeah. She goes back and talks to him and or because he catches her on the phone out mm -hmm. back. Yeah. Yeah. And then he goes on about like, oh, I know all you girls are just like they you want to be actresses and but this is the job and blah blah blah. And she's like, Yeah, you know what? This job is getting in the way. I quit. He's yeah. like, that's not what I meant. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, he's like, I know that you, he's like, do you think you're the first girl that's walked in here with, uh, you know, destined for stardom? He's like, I've had my share. And he's like, but they all knew that chasing the dream came with like paying the bills as well. So yeah, he's like, you just need to figure out your priorities. And like, she's like, you're right. You're right. And he's like, I know I'm right. And then she's like, I think I may have to quit. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. But yeah. I mean, she really, like, she should have listened to him and her roommate, Tracy, the whole time, you know? Yeah. yeah. But, well, I mean, uh, she is, she does in the end. Well, I won't skip too far, but. <laughs> <laughs> so going into her second audition, uh, she basically goes into the room and it's like completely pitch black, except for like a little couple lights from the camera. And all you hear is uh, the assistant just like, step on the pink square it's like what yeah. pink square <laughs> like how does she see i can't this? see shit yeah <laughs> oh man and so this like single light lights up and the uh the casting director is basically like okay i want you to disrobe and then she's like i'm sorry and she's like disrobe please and like at this point, if I was her, like she just seems so uncomfortable with it. Like mm -hmm. I don't know why she's going through with doing this. Like this is so weird. Well, and she even makes yeah. mention of it. She said like the role that I was auditioning for, it didn't say that there was nudity in the ad, and like why do I have to do this basically? And they were saying that they want to see her bear, like, bear. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. They want to see her let go, like release her inhibitions, basically. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
and then she yeah. then it's almost like she she almost says no i feel like but then they're like you do know what what films we've made yes and i feel like that's kind of like deters her because she's like this might be my only chance to become a star so yeah she basically mm-hmm. i basically feel like she sells her soul right then and there that's like the moment in time when she like decides to <laughs> to sell yeah. her soul mm-hmm. kind of yeah, like she's already kind of looped in before she even gets to the producers. Room. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I really like how this scene like plays out too, because like when she like finally undresses, the spotlight goes out, and then you just like mm-hmm. get these like flashes. And I think this is like the part of the movie where the score is my favorite score. Mm-hmm. Like this scene is my favorite scored scene of the whole movie. Like I just yeah. like the way they have like the different beats and the different uh synth going and within these flashes you're getting like flashes of her like with blood on her face and Mm -hmm. it's really cool the way they did it yeah sorry i feel like i'm just like inserting myself i'm so sorry no you're supposed to yeah you're supposed to (laughs) (laughs) well i'm just like i'm trying to make sure that i'm not like you know uh what's the word um bulldozing you guys or anything because i'm like this is your episode so i'm trying not to like no this is this is the movie discussion man like yeah say whatever you want okay so like was like the flashing like the blood and all that like was that actually happening or was that just like the flashing like make her think of that stuff hmm good question i think that might just be like in her i don't know good question because like this was like a part of the movie that like kind of took me out of it like where i was starting to lose interest in it um because i didn't i didn't understand like i wish we i wish we had more of a explanation of what the movie was that she was actually auditioning for because you don't really know that much until the producer basically tells her what it's about and stuff like that mm-hmm. yeah true and like this scene it brings back the whole blood on the head so mm-hmm. like I can't help but keep thinking that the blood on her head is like supposed to be some sort of a metaphor because this is multiple times now that we've seen it during an audition. Like what the fuck is it supposed to mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It, it could, like I said, it could just be like maybe just foreshadowing for like what's to come. Like maybe these dreams that she's having, or like maybe this is a whole vision that she's having and she's just kind of like getting lost in this like vision and uh, th- that might just be because you know she's seeing future events unfold maybe i don't know yeah. but brooks right like you know, there's, they're not very they're not really super clear on that whole thing like the whole like blood on the head type thing like you said mark it might just be a metaphor for something i'm not really sure but mm-hmm. i don't know i kind of like the amb- ambiguity with it though mm-hmm. yeah i like i like that you don't know a whole lot about like this cult and like what their what their gain is i kind of like how you just it's it's more very subtle but i don't know yeah i I, I have something to add in but we'll we'll save that for when we get to the culty stuff okay (laughs) (laughs) uh i I love the scene whenever she gets back to like her like her house where like the pool is and like two friends are like just like climbing around 
and she's up like in her place and you just hear like oh my god and the girl like smashes her face on the ground <laughs> i was like how god. the fuck do you even do that like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah because she gets there and they're like jumping up in the air because he's the one guy's in the pool taking pictures of him and he's like if i have to take one goddamn one more goddamn stupid picture of you two jumping i'm gonna fucking lose my mind yeah. <laughs> and then i love how bitchy i love how bitchy aaron is in the scene too because she comes up and uh they're like, oh yeah, Tracy told us you had that audition or that callback. And she's like, yeah. And she tells uh, Danny that it was with Astraeus. And he, that's when he was like, oh yeah, they were they were pretty mm-hmm. big, went off the map for a few years, but now they're back. Mm-hmm. And she's like, doesn't it seem like a long shot though? Like she's just such a bitch <laughs> yeah, the entire movie. Like, yeah. uh. and then I love when she goes up there and she's talking to Tracy and then you just hear the one girl fall and like smack <laughs> her face and then she fucking laughs. She's like, yeah. <laughs> it wasn't like a big laugh. It was just like a... <laughs> Like, like one of those. Yeah, Tracy's like, like what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> well, and I kind of like how they foreshadow that girl's death in that scene too, because her like she breaks, oh, that's her, true. She breaks her that's nose, true. and then it kind of I felt like it kind of foreshadows events mm-hmm. to come. That, speaking of that, like the one <clears> thing that I I probably hated the most in this movie was how dark it was. Yeah. Like at that scene, whenever you see that girl get killed i honestly had no idea who it was because it was so it was so dark like i couldn't tell who it was in that in that scene the first time watching it i thought it was tracy oh yeah yeah. i could see that because they look kind of they kind of do look similar yeah Yeah. like i just i knew it was one of the girls but i didn't know i didn't know who because it was so fucking (laughs) so dark (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah um but leading up into her when she gets the call that she's going to meet the producer uh speaking of aaron like she she gets dressed to go to the meet the producer and aaron's like oh aren't you overdressing a bit much <laughs> it's like yeah <laughs> she's like it's a little much and then tracy's like you look amazing go kick some ass yeah mm-hmm like yeah. and that's the thing about Tracy like she's there's times when she's supportive but then there's sometimes when she's just very kind of like that friend that kind of just goes along with what everyone else is doing and saying so she's not the greatest friend to Sarah at the end of the day like she's she's supportive but at the same time she kind of doesn't tell anybody to stop what they're doing like she like she's very well aware it seems like that Aaron's a bitch and that mm-hmm. she like is very condescending but she never like stands up for Sarah ever yeah it's it's like she's supportive, but she's afraid to go against them because then they'll start treating her the same way. Is almost what it seems like. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and she's kind of balancing two friend groups. That's true too. Yeah, because like they're they're like two friend groups, but they're not really two friend groups. Like yeah, you know, because she ends up telling the friends friend group like what happens at when she goes meets the producer. Mm-hmm. and she gets upset by that obviously um yeah so, i definitely would i'd be like why are you yeah. talking about my business to other people what the fuck yeah <laughs> yeah uh, well and i also wanted to mention like in the scene i i found it interesting the way they play on innocence a little bit too how they play on that metaphor of you know when you first get to hollywood you know like you said earlier mark there's like stars in your eyes and you have like all these ambitions and all these you know things and i feel like with her character she's very meek at the at the start she's very um timid very she she's very ladylike the way she dresses to these auditions she wears like these mm-hmm. dresses that i mean they're not like 
it's not like she's wearing a dress with like sleeves and like her every part of her is covered up but in this scene she wears a very nice looking dress Mm-hmm. And then in the scene later, when she decides to go meet with him again, she's wearing a very skimpy looking hooker dress, like looks like she's a prostitute, basically. And I, I like mm-hmm. how they kind of do that, like switch with her, her innocence slowly kind of going away, yeah. like li- in like every scene that you see, like leading up to that, she just kind of like loses her innocence as well. And I kind of feel like that's like a metaphor for what happens to people when they are in situations like with with the Weinstein scandal, like what happens to you when Mm -hmm. that happens kind of a thing i don't know well it's i found it to be showing like she's doing exactly what they wanted her to do like she starts off very modest and like even just the way that she talks the way that she dresses and then eventually she just starts letting loose and letting more loose and until she gets to the point where she's like at yeah i mean yeah definitely all right, so now she is meeting the producer, and I think the only one, other one at the uh, at this meeting was the casting director, right? I don't think the assistant was there for this this meeting. No, um, it was just her, no. and she's like sitting in the room the whole time too. Yeah, it's <laughs> like, like off weird. in the corner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so she meets the producer, this pervy old man, <laughs> and he is kind of like explaining what the film is. And I didn't really catch on to too much of like the, the cult stuff, but there's a few like lines in here, like different like words that he puts in instead of like other words that kind of hint at that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then he basically sits beside her and starts like filling up her leg and you know what she has to do to get to get the role pretty much. And he says, oh, this is the last step to get to get to where mm-hmm. you need to be. Um, and then she just kind of freaks out and they like locked the door too, like locked her in and she, yeah, (laughs) he's like, okay, let me out here. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. When I watched this film the first time, I was like, oh God, is this going to turn into one of these like rapey film? I'm like, I'm not, I'm not about that. Cause I, if you guys have listened to my episodes in the past and if like any of your listeners have, like, that's not my thing. I'm not into Mm -hmm. like rape, rapey movies. Like I'm not into it. So I thought, I thought for a minute that that's where this was going to go. And I was like, I don't like this at all. I don't like where this is going. Um, but thankfully it didn't do that. Thankfully he lets her out, but I also love how weird he is. Cause like, he's talking to her. He's like, um this industry is a plague sarah and what does a plague have a lot of and she's like rats and he's like precisely like he's so weird <laughs> like rats hungry for the cheese like he's so yeah. and you can tell she's kind of like okay <laughs> yeah but she's going along with it because she's just trying to you know she wants to get this part and it's really sad because it's like she really she really gets to that point where she actually thinks that her hard work is what got her here and it's like mm-hmm. really not that at all that's like not what they want from her at all they want her you know mm-hmm. to do other things which is just sad yeah because yeah. they like bring her up you know give her all this confidence with the first two auditions and then the third final one that she needs to get through is this so mm-hmm. yeah yeah and it's like good for her to leave the first time like at least she at least she left the first time i like how they kind of did that like they kind of made her have some sort of a a conscience still yeah before she like you know completely like sells herself over but yeah yeah (laughs) you good Um, mark yeah i need you uh, you saw that (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) 
so she leaves and the next morning she's back at her uh, her house and everyone's like partying at, at the hotel and they're like or the where the house is and they're asking her like oh how it went and she pretty much like just goes right to her room um and i thought this part was really funny fucking aaron's like i should have maybe i should submit my headshot <laughs> yeah. <a> bitch. Yeah. <laughs> i was just joking <laughs> and uh, the one friend i think his name is like poe or something like that but he's playing like a ukulele and then aaron's like oh get an amp for that thing plug it in and it's like <laughs> it's a ukulele do you not know how those things work <laughs> yeah well and then i love how she first walks up to sarah and she's like oh back to slumming it with the rest of us like she's mm-hmm. such a bitch she's so good at it though like i know she is a bitch but like that actress was really good too mm-hmm. like she played that role perfectly kind of bummed to not see her in more stuff honestly because i think she's yeah. really good in this film mm-hmm. yeah but well and i love how when she goes back to get her job this was like the the other example that i was talking about where i feel like he's kind of creepy because he talks about how like this is when he goes into his little thing where he talks about the menus and the blah 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 and i know that you don't think it's cool for a young girl your age but that's you know what we do here and then he Mm -hmm. basically gives her a job back but he's like are you a taters girl oh i hate the way he (laughs) says that like he's like are you a taters girl yeah so, it almost has like the same like connotation as like oh, are you daddy's girl like something like that yeah yeah oh it's yeah. so gross <laughs> <laughs> it's like that like that whole like uh sequence in it chapter one with uh beverly and her dad. oh yeah, yeah. like it had that same sort of like tone to it without yeah. the same like dialogue yeah yeah it's just gross <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so yeah, she's like in her bed crying and then Tracy comes in and asks her like, oh, what's wrong? How to go? This is where she basically tells Tracy that uh, she had to have sex with the producer to get the droll. And um, then you get a scene with her talking to Danny. This is where she finds out that he lives in a van outside. Yeah. And he basically offers her the leading role for his film. And says, like, oh, wait, you can have it over Aaron for sure. <laughs> yeah. Because she's like, do I get the leading role? And he's like, sure. And she's like, Simone. And he's like, yeah, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> oh, man. Well, and I, love I would how- have loved to see that. Oh, go ahead. No, you go first. I was going to say, I would have loved to see that interaction of, like, him telling Aaron that she was getting the role over, <laughs> uh, that Sarah was getting the role over her yeah i know i know well i feel like that's personally not even a conversation that he had with her i feel like he was just kind of yeah there what she wanted to hear in the moment mm-hmm. and then like i don't think he was ever gonna give the role to sarah i don't i don't know i don't feel like they were ever gonna i don't think so yeah but i also like the line how when she's in the room with tracy how tracy's like ooh, people even still do that and it's like unfortunately yeah even in this yeah. day people still yeah. do that yeah yeah <laughs> It's just like, I love how relevant this movie is. Like you were saying earlier, Mark, like, it's just mm-hmm. like, even some of the dialogue is just spot on to, you know, what is going on in the world today. And it's like, how did you guys predict that? Mm-hmm. Maybe these directors had like an inside man. Maybe, maybe, maybe this was their subtle way of exposing Hollywood for what it really is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't this, surprise me. This isn't, this also doubles as an expose type of film. It's a horror <laughs> film, but. Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, I also didn't like how, she changes her mind to go back to the producers whenever she sees uh, Aaron and Danny kiss. Yeah. Say, that's going to change your mind to go 
basically have sex or have some sort of sexual relation with this old producer to get the film well i think it's like the whole situation in general i think it's like her seeing them all kind of just being okay with settling and being okay with being in this like mundane just every day day to day doing the same damn thing every day like i think she she realizes that in this moment when she's in the pool with them and she realizes that she's not one of them because she's like completely mm-hmm. the other side of the pool and they're all yeah. like having fun and it's like they don't even acknowledge that she's there period like they're just mm-hmm. having a good time and i think for her like that's her moment of realization where she's like i guess i'm on my own so yeah. why the fuck not <laughs> you know i think i think maybe she, too she's realizing what you said before michael that like she's probably not going to get that role in Danny's film. And like, even yeah. if she, even if she does, like he's like an indie filmmaker and this is a huge production company. So she might be thinking like, where's this role in this guy's movie who lives in a fucking van in somebody's backyard? Like, where's that going to get me? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <clears throat> and like, maybe she sees Aaron too, as like fitting the same role that she's kind of playing Whereas, like, she's trying to sleep with the director in order to get the role in this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because Tracy does say, like, ew, does anybody even do that anymore? And she says, like, nobody out there does that. So, like, you know that we don't. Yeah. Yeah. But meanwhile, Aaron is most likely the one to be doing it. Yeah. And also, I really, really <laughs> love the score in this scene as well. I think this is, like, my second favorite scene that has, like, mm-hmm. the score with it. I think it's beautiful. Just the... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right so let's jump into the uh, third act uh, which definitely takes a turn <laughs> yeah that's a little yeah, crazy so our main character is going back to the producer and she's deciding that she is going to go through with whatever she needs to do to get the role because like michael you were saying before she doesn't want to be a part of this friend group and just kind of stuck in this lane yeah yeah so basically she's the producer asked her like what are you going to do to show me that you want this and it's like oh fuck here we go yeah (laughs) and she yeah she sucks his dick (laughs) yeah well and then when he's like grabbing her head you see like the the it's almost looks like it's branded onto his hand, like mm-hmm. the logo. Yeah. And she notices it a couple of times during the film as well. Like she sees that after she does her second audition where she strips bare, she sees like the, the, um, the director, the casting director wearing the necklace of yeah. the symbol. Too. Yeah. Um, so like you see the symbol a lot during this film, but like you see it on its hand when he's like <laughs> forcing her head, yeah. you know, it's really, yeah. And I mean, I'm, is... I'm go- yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, I'm really glad that they like did this scene tastefully. Cause like, I mean, it's like a gross scene, like, you know, what's happening, but it's like, not Mm -hmm. like they show a whole lot of it. So it's, I'm like, thank God for that. Yeah. Yeah, There is a couple of noises that they throw in there, but you know, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but this is where you get the full look into the cult because you see the other, I guess, people in the cult with the black mask and the robes just kind of (laughs) wander into the room and just, Mm-hmm. are kind of watching the whole thing take place yeah yeah well and then like this is when her transformation starts to happen too yeah so like... my question was like what made her like transform was it did she fucking swallow some sort of man gunk 
<laughs> oh my god, <laughs> don't ever say that again. Ew, yeah, please don't. That was awful. <laughs> Man gunk? Oh, I've never heard that before. I would say Satan seed, if anything. <laughs> so, like, was it that, or was it maybe, like, her second audition, whenever, like, the flashing lights, was that kind of, like, a hypnosis kind of thing maybe they were doing mm. to start well, it all? Well, and it's interesting that you bring that up because she, when she comes back to his office, you can kind of tell, I don't know if it's still the effects of like the drugs that they took before she went there, but she's kind of like wobbly. She's a little wobbly, like on her feet. Mm -hmm. And she's kind of like, do you want me to read another scene? And then you get that flash from the audition and then she falls to the ground. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then it's, you know, like what you said, it kind of almost seems like it's almost kind of like a hypnosis type of thing where she's put under the spell. Um, but honestly, my my take on it was that she basically say, uh, sold her body to Satan, and that he like I don't I almost see it as almost like a succubus, like whatever's inside her mm. is a succubus, and it's like eating her from the inside out, basically, because he's like basically like kill your old life and join a, our you know join a new life in the sky, basically. So he's basically telling her just like discard your old life and become mm-hmm. someone new. Yeah. So it's almost like she sheds her. It's almost like she's shedding her skin in a way. It's kind of in a gross well, that's, way. That's exactly what the way that I took it too, because at the end we see her get like reborn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's ready to transform. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we're jumping ahead. I just yeah. the the way he says certain lines in this movie crack me up. Like I know they're not meant to be funny, but that line he reminds me of like those over the top actors from like older horror movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which would you know make sense because I mean? like, he is way older in this movie. For yeah. Sure. Like those older actors that like over overacted in horror movies back like way back when. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I mean, he does a really good job in this film though, but some of his mm-hmm. acting is just like hilarious to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, she wakes up in her bed the next day and just looks like awful. And she goes into work and she's just fucking drooling oh, fuck. in the food. I was like, what the fuck? And the boss is so like, gross. It's like, okay, give me the food. And she's not letting go of it. And then it goes everywhere. And he's like, okay. Like, she slaps like, him on the face like, too. Like, leave. <laughs> and he I don't think he fired at that point, but he's like, leave. Yeah. Like, you can't be here. Just you know, you're not in just the right go shape. Home. And then yeah. she just slaps him and then he's like, okay, leave and never come back. <laughs> so like, get the fuck out of here and don't come back. Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, oh. I was like fucking gross like don't send that food out <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's a blessing that it got scattered all over the floor mm-hmm. oh. well and i love how this film kind of takes like different turns throughout it because it's like you kind of get the gist of what this film's gonna be about but like i didn't predict how it was gonna end and i didn't predict like what was gonna happen next because it almost seems like when she's trying to get a hold of them it almost seems like they basically stood her up and I was like, so what's going to happen now? Like, is she even, is she just going to die? Like, is she just going to basically die? And like, that's it. So I thought it was interesting, like the kind of turns they take with this film, specifically with that, because she's trying to get a hold of them and it keeps going to voicemail. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, like the, the ending's so fucked up. Like, this is an ending that's impossible to predict. Oh, for yeah. sure. Yeah, like, definitely. Like, there's no way you're going to say like, oh, hey, I know what's going to happen next. <laughs> no. Yeah. And during her whole transformation, this was my favorite score of it. Whenever she's like, you see like the lights like in the city and like the the 80s like synth music that was playing. I really mm-hmm. liked uh, this scene. 
Yeah. yeah. And while she's like walking, well, and then she's like sitting there at that. It looks like they're at like a skate park or something. Mm-hmm. Or like, or not a skate park, but it looks like they're like in in uh in L.A. They have like those big culverts that are like huge ditches. I think yeah, that's yeah. where they're actually at, but I'm not really sure. But like, they're all sitting there, and I love how the one fucking po guy just slides down and like rams right into her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, like he, like none of these people have any like consideration towards her at all. Like even Danny, like he's asking her if she's okay, but none of them go after her, which I'm mm-hmm. just like kind of friends are you fucking people you guys are horrible like even tracy like you would think tracy would at least follow after her because she even says don't go down there sarah it's not safe and then she just like lets her go no don't go no (laughs) yeah come come back sarah (laughs) oh don't go out there (laughs) oh man yeah yeah like at this point this was like part of the movie where it was super dark for me like I thought whenever she pushed the one friend, I thought like she pushed her off like a cliff or something like that because they'll like, like freaked out like, oh my god, mm-hmm. yeah. But she ends up like walking to uh, Astria or whatever it's called, uh, the production Astraeus. company. Astraeus, yeah. Astraeus, Astraeus, Astraeus. That one part where they're at the pool and she's like, it's Astraeus. It's stupid. Yeah. But yeah, I love how she screams at that homeless guy too. Cause she's standing outside and she's like, oh, yeah. and then he comes up to her and he's like, are you okay? And she's like, how dare you touch me? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I don't, did he even touch her? He looked like he was about five or six feet away from her. Yeah. Which I feel like is a very interesting metaphor for like what we were talking about earlier about how, you know, what happens to somebody that goes through that, like the trauma of going through a sexual assault like that, like, you mm-hmm. know, cause it, it seems like she's going through like a body change, but it also, I feel like it's, you know, saying what it's like to go through a trauma like that kind of yeah Mm -hmm. because like i just feel like they wouldn't purposely put that in there for no reason because she's basically like how dare you touch me like why would you touch me you know it's almost like she's lashing out that's true it's like the the trauma from from what just happened basically yeah but she's looking rough (laughs) she is yeah she needs some napoleon dynamite's chapstick (laughs) Yeah. yeah, she's like in the bathroom, and I don't know what's happening to her downstairs, but oh. something's happening down there. Oh. And that we, scene. <laughs> well, you get that nasty scene before that too, with her and Trace, where she's fucking eating the yogurt out of. Yeah, I hate, I hate yogurt, so for me that scene <laughs> is really gross because she's just like taking her fingers and just eating it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. and then she's in the bathtub and you see like her stomach like moving and then she throws up like all like i don't know if it was like maggots or like some sort of worms or something yeah it looked like mealworms almost yeah. yeah and i read a fact on imdb when we were looking at the the stats she actually put real worms in her mouth mm-hmm. like those weren't fake like mm-hmm. she actually spit up real worms and i'm just like oh Mm-mm. i thought that was really cool that she was like willing to do that and it was her idea yeah. too oh really because yeah. she wanted it to be as realistic as possible. She didn't want them to use CG. Which is, oh, I don't know so, if I'm that. Um, I don't know if I'm quite that method. I don't know if I could do that. <laughs> <laughs> so while all this is happening, you're hearing the producer in her head, mm-hmm. like telling her things. So like, that was like another thing that I didn't quite understand was he, I don't know. <laughs> Like, was he in her, basically, like, in her head telling her what to do? Or is this kind of stuff that he said before that um, she was remembering? 
I think he's kind of in her head at this point, honestly. Because I, I, I think, because he's the one that tells her to go to the house and kill all of those people. Yeah, he mentions think, that you need a sacrifice, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know, like like you said, I don't know if it's like stuff he said to her during that whole time when she was in his office with him, or if this is like in her head, like she's hearing it in her head as it's happening. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like that whole scene with her just is gnarly. Like the makeup effects in this movie are fucking mm-hmm. just phenomenal to me. Like they oh, look yeah. so gross. Like when her hair, like she's balding on top, and yeah, like what you were saying, what's going on under you know downstairs? It's just so gross. Yeah, and that one scene where she like looks at her fingernails and then just like pulls the one off. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So and I gross. thought that like, I thought this movie was kind of predictable, like at the end, but then not because I like as soon as you said like I need to sacrifice. I was thinking, okay, well, it's going to be Aaron, obviously, that she's going to kill. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then she doesn't stop at just Aaron. You know, she kills everyone, basically. Yep. Yep. And it's gnarly, too, the way she kills all of them. Because mm-hmm. she, yeah, because she, this is like when she gets to the house, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Take it away, Brooke. I will let you. <laughs> <laughs> um so basically yeah aaron and danny are cooking up basically in his van which why are you hooked up in the van we have a perfectly good house right there but anyway so, well his van looks cleaner than the house that's, that's for true. sure so that's i'd rather true. fuck in the van than i than in yeah. the house yeah so aaron is in like getting a snack or something and um sarah comes in and we kind of get this like uh standoff between them and uh aaron you can't really see sarah like her hood is up and stuff like that mm-hmm. and um then like aaron sees it and then you see sarah i think she like grabs a knife and just slashes her like face yeah and i think during that scene too like aaron says like oh you know me and danny have hooked up before like didn't you know that mm-hmm. and they kind of confront her about the movie audition and stuff like that yeah um, yeah because she's like did you uh she's like Tr- uh trace told us about the pile of cash from astraeus pictures mm-hmm. and she's like did you actually suck an old man's cock for a role <laughs> in a movie called the silver scream mm-hmm. she's like sounds a whole lot like prostitution from where i'm standing like and then yeah then well and i love how when she slashes her face too because she turns uh. on the light and she sees like what Sarah looks like. And she's like, we need to get you to a hospital. And then you just see Sarah like slash the knife. And I love how like her skin kind of just opens. Like it doesn't mm-hmm. open right away. It kind of just like splits. And then you see the blood come out. I think it's so gross. Yeah. yeah. Very like Tom Savini-esque. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of <laughs> like what you guys talked about in the Friday the 13th episode with mm-hmm. like the slit throat effect. It's almost yeah. kind of like the same thing mm-hmm. in that situation. I kind of thought that it, looked cool. It took like maybe like a second for the blood to start coming out yeah 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 Ooh, and the sound when it opens too when the when the slit mm. in her face like opens like <laughs> so gross yeah yeah um and then we get the crazy ass kill where she kills aaron's friend there forget what her name holy was. fuck but i don't know what she fucking used but it's she like just... a, it's a dumbbell it's a dumbbell like oh, when you was it? yeah, okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. But she just went to town on her head. Holy shit. (laughs) I I wasn't expecting that at all. Yeah. Her her head started to look like what was going on in Sarah's downstairs region. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. (laughs) Yeah, cool. And I love how she's just sitting on top of her, too, for, like, 
a whole like five seconds waiting for her to wake up and then she wakes up and she just slams it down uh, yeah. yeah and then that last part where she pulls it and he's like see oh the- and like yeah you see like her face <laughs> go with oh it just looks so gross yeah <laughs> yeah um and then i think aaron is still alive at this point she's like crawling across the uh the kitchen yeah. and yeah. uh sarah goes in and she basically finishes her off stabs her a bunch Mm-hmm. And um, suffocates her with like a plastic bag or something. No, oh, yeah, yeah she's, she stabs. She's... Yeah, go. Yeah, she stabs Danny a bunch. Well, of she times, stabs right? Poe too because Poe oh, walk, yeah. po walks in on her killing the other girl, and then he goes to run and he slips on that piece of hair that Sarah pulled out oh, of her head. Right. Yeah. yeah, it looks so gross because it's like just a clump of hair and like flesh, yeah. and it just looks. Ugh. So he slips on that, and then she stabs him in the back like a hundred times, and then. Yeah, and that's whenever she sees Aaron crawling across the oh, floor because okay. she had stabbed Aaron in the stomach after she slit her face. Mm, yeah, and then and then she goes up and it's another one of those fucking plastic bag kills that drive me crazy. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, we drinking Brooke? That doesn't look like a margarita. It's not it's like a Mountain Dew. I'm just kidding. No, nope. or it looks like an Arizona. That's tea. a flying monkeys. Yes, it is. <laughs> Well, and, and this is like another one of those situations where I'm just like, will you just fucking play dead? Like, what the fuck are you doing? Just play dead. Yeah. Fucking play yeah. dead, you idiot. Like, if I was in a situation like that and I was still alive, mm-hmm. I would just pretend I was dead. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like, like I thought if she would have played dead, I felt like she would have bled out eventually. I mean, yeah. yeah. But, but again, there's a yeah. lot of fucking blood on that kitchen floor. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mixed with all the other shit that's probably mm-hmm. on that floor. So that just, that house just looks so gross. <laughs> like, I can't stress enough. Like, whenever I watch this movie, I'm just like, this house is disgusting. Cause she, like, when, when uh, Sarah first gets there, you see like the living room and it's just littered with like beer bottles and mm-hmm. fucking just like all over the floor, garbage everywhere. And I'm just like, this. I can just imagine how it smells. <laughs> like when I watch it, I can just imagine like what that would smell like. But anyway, sorry, continue. Um, so then she goes outside to Danny's van and they're sitting on like his little couch thing and she has her hood up and Danny can't really see her. Excuse me. And then he notices like she looks fucking awful. And then I think at this point, does she stab him? first before the other cult shows up or is it mm-hmm. yeah 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 because he because he's asking her like what's going on he's like did you see Aaron and she's like yeah we talked and he's like <laughs> about what and she's like you and he's like oh okay and then he's like we're your friends we're worried about you and she's like you're not my friends she's like mm-hmm. I don't need friends yeah and then that's like when he gets up to her he stab or when she- when he gets up to her she stabs him in like I think like the top of the abdomen yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then like stabs him a few more times once he's sitting down in the chair. Yeah. Yeah. And then that's, I'm pretty sure she dies in this scene. Cause I mean, I'm she pretty does? sure she like died. Yeah. Cause like she lays back against the, the chair and I, I, I don't know if she stops breathing. Like once the cult members get there, because then they bury her in the ground and then she like gets reborn basically. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I always assume that she dies in that scene. Like, like she's leaving her old life behind and she's like killing herself basically or not killing herself, but she's dying, you know? Mm -hmm. So, um, so basically she's killed all her non-friends basically. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And now we get the scene where the cult is going to, I guess the Hollywood Hills and they're all putting down these lights to make the, 
the the logo the star of their cult mm -hmm. yeah and i think is it are they putting it on top of her grave of where she's like fucking hatching out of the the I placenta so. i believe so yeah <laughs> the <so>. placenta <laughs> <laughs> I mean that is kind of what it looks like though. I think that's what it's supposed to like signify is that she's coming out of a womb, but ugh, it kind of reminds me like of a uh, cocoon species. or something. They kind of yeah. reminds me of species a little bit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Um and this is when he delivers that line that fair she's ready to be born. Yeah. <laughs> Reborn. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> so yeah, she basically is like you said, she is reborn out of this <laughs> placenta basically and uh you know she looks kind of different she has like a bald head she has like pretty nails and stuff like that and her skin's, her skin's like, like perfect yeah 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 um and she goes back to her house basically where tracy is and she has a package, I think, before this where it says like "Happy Birthday." <laughs> I thought that yeah, was really, yeah. I thought that was really funny that it's like, "Oh, Happy Birthday," you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, so Tracy comes in and, like, very weirdly, she's like, "Oh, Tracy, lay down," you know, just like old times. And it was mm -hmm. very creepy. So you get like a you get like a almost like a lesbian vibe between the two of them. Like maybe mm -hmm. they were a thing. A long time ago mm -hmm. or something because she doesn't seem like she's super into men in general like she doesn't seem like she like you don't you don't ever see her except for like when she you know sucks the producer guy's dick but you never see her interact with a guy in this film no so it's, it's like i almost wonder yeah exactly so i almost wonder if she's like a lesbian or like has like lesbian tendencies and her and tr mm -hmm. uh, trace used to do stuff together because like just the way she talks about like in that scene where she's like lay down next to me like we used to do like an old time like it's kind of yeah. weird and like if i was tracy like i wouldn't lie down beside her like she looks Maybe. crazy as fuck and then she <laughs> starts to kiss her and like i didn't understand what was happening like how did she kill her like did she like rip her tongue out or like i think she's sucking her life force out is what she's doing i'm pretty sure i don't know like... uh, i didn't really get that scene either because like she tracy just starts bleeding out of her mouth and i'm just like what is what's happening right now yeah yeah i think she i think she sucks her life force out i'm pretty sure that's what she does i don't know i mean she she does die so you are correct <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh man but uh, she opens up her birthday gift and it's you know this outfit and this wig and she's like in the mirror and puts it on and that's uh pretty much how it ends yeah well then you see like the montage of like all the pictures because she has pictures in, of uh all these like famous actresses on her walls in her room yeah. like covering her mm -hmm. and so like while she's putting on the wig and like putting on the outfit you get like all these like shots basically implying that all these actresses that came before her were uh, to me it seemed like they had like sold their souls as well or, mm -hmm. or something like that like it was implying mm -hmm. that like you know these actresses that she looked up to have like gone through the same thing kind of yeah I thought that yeah. was kind of interesting and she's finally getting to be one of them which is what she's always dreamed of yeah mm -hmm. and it and I think like the one thing that I don't like about the ending of this movie is I would have it like would have liked to at least see somewhat of a like what happened to her after this. Like obviously it's implied that she becomes a famous movie star, but I would have liked to see it. Like maybe she 
I don't know, maybe a scene of her like with all these fans or like that she's famous now or something like that. Like you don't see that, it just like cuts mm. after that. That is literally the so, exact yeah. thought I have. Like, yeah, I wish that they would have put more of the cult to like the background, like still have that, but maybe like because they're supposed to be this like movie company, like maybe what their plan is behind this Hollywood elite is they they make these beautiful, you know, amazing actresses. Yeah. Like they sacrifice, you know, a not so good actress into this beautiful, amazing actress. And then they use her to build her up, get her all these roles and get famous. And they make money off of her based off that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then it's almost like she recruits other people. Maybe, maybe she becomes like the next casting director or something. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Like I think they, yeah, I think you're right that they should have, I think, shown more of the aftermath of it. Like, yeah, what, does it's, the, what does the cult get out of this? Exactly. Well, I guess they get, like, more people to join them and, you know, make more films and stuff like that. But for me, it's just, like, the, the you're following Sarah throughout this whole movie. And she's, you know, she has this goal of being a famous movie star. And she goes through all the shit to get there. But then you don't actually see the aftermath of it. You don't see, like, the fruits of her labors, essentially, like, at the end mm-hmm. of this movie. So it's kind of like... And that doesn't, I mean, it doesn't ruin the film for me. I still absolutely love this film, but I think it almost kind of takes away from like all of like the stuff that she went through through this film. If we're not going to get to see what she, you know, accomplishes, I don't know. Yeah. But like I said, it doesn't ruin the movie. It's just kind of a nitpicky thing that I've always had with this movie. I don't like the way it ends. Yeah. Yeah. I can agree with that. It's like, there's a big buildup for like a really like mediocre ending. Yeah, exactly. Or like they use this actress that they pretty much uh, bred, you know, in their next movie, this movie, The Silver Scream is the biggest movie of the year or, you know, something like that. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah, like even if it even if it was like just like showing the because he talks about like when he's talking to her when she's in the office with him, he's like, you'll be on the wall of a movie theater uh the a mm. movie theater with a marquee like it would have been cool to see her maybe like standing in the lobby of this movie theater of like at the chinese theater or something like doing mm. like a big like premiere and she sees her poster on the wall and yeah. that's like her moment where she realizes that she did it like she made mm-hmm. it it was worth even it. even something as simple as that would have been like really yeah. a, i feel like a more powerful ending in my opinion but yeah I don't know. Like I the don't whole write thing these ones, was worth so. it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I don't write these films, so you know, <laughs> well, uh, let them do what they want to do with it. But yeah, I don't know. Just expecting a little bit more payoff, I guess, at the end. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So, but yeah, yeah. Cool. All right. All right. Anything you want to add, Mark? Nope. I'm good. All right. Well, that's the way the blood splatters. Yeah, yeah. And there's a lot of blood splattering in this movie, so (laughs) a lot of blood and other bodily fluids. So yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's gross. All right. So we'll head on into our reviews. Michael, as our guest, would you like to go first? Ooh, okay. So are we doing the the Rotten Tomatoes one first, or are we doing our just uh, story and quality? Uh, story and quality first okay um so for the story i gave it a seven out of ten um i think it's a pretty original story for what it did for the most part uh as you said before mark like 
it, it's got an ending that you won't predict. So that's always good. That's always got, that's always a good thing for a horror movie specifically to have going for it is if you don't <laughs> see where it's going to take you from point A to point B. And I feel like this movie does that amazingly. I think like mm-hmm. the first time you watch this movie, you're taken on a complete ride and you have no idea where, how it's going to end. So I like that. Mm-hmm. I also like the fact that they subtly put these, you know, metaphors in for, you know, what truly lies behind that glitter, glittery, you know, shiny veil of, you know, fame and fortune in Hollywood. I like how you kind of see the evil aspect of Mm -hmm. it, like how, you know, you get these producers that use their power and their money to, you know, seduce these young actresses or actors and, you know, get them to do whatever they want them to do to, you know, satisfy some sexual kind of urge. And I feel like that's very relevant. Like you said before, it's very relevant to our world today. And I I like how they kind of sprinkle those kind of subtle metaphors in here as well. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, as far as that goes, I would give it a seven out of 10 because I think the story is pretty good. Aside from the nitpicky stuff that we said, like the ending, I don't like, I don't like the way the ending ended. I think there's certain things like Brooke was saying earlier that could have been explained just a little more, like touched upon just slightly more. Um, But other than that, Mm -hmm the story is pretty solid in my opinion. And then as far mm-hmm. as the quality rating, I'm going to give this movie a nine out of 10. Okay. Cause I think it's a very, it, it definitely falls on the more low budget side. Like the way, like mm-hmm. some of the, sh- like some of the way it's filmed, it's definitely looks like it was made on a smaller budget, but they did with what they could do with what they had. And I think it's a very nice looking film. I think mm-hmm. the acting in this film is fantastic specifically from alex esso she's fucking amazing in this movie um Mm -hmm. the the gore effects in this movie are fucking like disgusting level next level yeah it's like who the fuck did the makeup for this Mm -hmm. film because i want to hire them on my next horror film seriously (laughs) because like the 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 gore effects are fantastic in this film um so Mm -hmm. yeah i think that i think the only thing that kind of takes away from the quality for me is just what I said before, like the little nitpicky stuff. It's not like a perfect film, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. So, um, but it's near perfect quality wise. So For the sure. music, the music also as well. Amazing. Yeah. But yeah. Cool. All right, Brooke. I really <laughs> want to hear your ratings. I'm nervous. Yeah. No, I'm nervous. You don't. No, you don't. <laughs> I'm really nervous. All right. Um, so these are my scores based off after I watched it. Okay. They may change, like, I don't know. I They may change after this, but... So for story, I gave it a 3 out of 10. Whoa! Uh, what? Whoa! I thought, I thought that the story starts off strong, looking into disturbing ways of Hollywood, and, like, what you do to get there, but then it turns into, like, a non-interesting cult movie. Like, the whole cult thing just took me way out of it. Um... I didn't enjoy any of the characters really, except for our main character. Uh, there was some questionable choices from our lead, which I talked about, but I mean, I guess that just plays into her decision to not be with like in the run of the mill of her friends. So I guess I kind of understand some of that stuff, but some I don't. Um, and I thought there were a few plot holes that I didn't quite like. Uh, like we talked about, the ending was kind of flat. Like I wish they could have would have expanded more on her becoming this like pretty actress who wants to be like the stars that she has on her mirror. Um, yeah. So three to ten, honestly, I could probably bump it up to like a four or five. 
Um, but uh, yeah, and then quality. Again, I went four <laughs> four out of ten. Um, I could probably bump that up to like a five. Um, I have to go. I can't be here anymore. I know. I know. Bye. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Me and Mark are both like sitting here like my head is exploding right now. Yeah, I was like, what is happening right now? My head is spinning. Uh, so I thought that <laughs> the acting was okay for the most part. Like Sarah did a really good job, like the main lead. Um, the other characters were just kind of there. Uh, I thought that the the assistant and the casting director, like they weren't amazing, but I, th I thought they really did a really good job capturing what they were meant to do. <laughs> yeah. Um, for me, I, I did watch this during the day, but I still didn't have a lot of glare in the movie, but I still felt like a lot of the movie, especially in the later scenes, were really dark. And a lot of the scenes, I couldn't even tell what was happening um, for most of the kills. Um, so, yeah. And I thought the score, I thought the <laughs> score was really good. I thought I really liked the score as well. So, you know, I bumped it to five out of 10, just for you, Michael. <laughs> Even a five out of 10, it's like, <laughs> I appreciate it, but a five? Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm, I know, I think That's I'm gonna a die. knife going into Michael's chest right now. Yeah, I think I'm going to die. So, story a three out of 10, and quality a, I guess, five out of 10. Okie dokie. Well, Michael, hate to break your heart. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> my story, I also gave it a 7 out of 10. Yes. Uh, I said it's a really good interpretation of giving up, giving up everything to be in Hollywood. Uh, we see Sarah basically make a deal with the devil to be the star that she's always wanted to be and taking out anyone that stands in her way of fulfilling her dreams. Now, it does get a little too far-fetched in the end, but ultimately, ultimately it is a great story of the unrealistic expectations given to actors and actresses in Hollywood. Uh, I found the first half to be a little bit of a slow burn, but once the transformation starts, all hell breaks loose in a massacre of blood, vomit, and hair loss. <laughs> and for my quality, I gave it an 8 out of 10. I said some of the acting is a little bit subpar but alex s was absolutely amazing her descent and her transformation scenes are done incredibly well and i wish we could see her more often in movies uh the score is really done is really well done with a similarity to it follows his synth inspired score which i already mentioned before uh the gore in this movie is absolutely top notch and sarah's appearance during the transformation kept my stomach on the edge of its seat locked cocked and ready to spew at any moment <laughs> <laughs> have you ever thought about being a, a movie review critic because these are actually <laughs> wow. sounds like i'm reading from like roger robert ebert or something did i say, that? Did I say his name right well, he I said, said robert ebert <laughs> <laughs> you know what i got you know what i meant you were close yeah. Um, and lastly, Alex Esso wanted to keep it as practical as possible, so she even offered to use real worms during the scene where she pukes them up in the bathtub, which I thought was a really, really touch, um, especially coming from the actor, actress. It wasn't even part of the director's plan. Like, this is what she wanted to do to keep the integrity of the film. So I thought that was really cool. Very nice. And yeah, so... Seven out of ten for my story, and an eight out of ten for my quality. 
Oh, thank God for that. Because Brooke, Brooke damn near <laughs> killed me with his. <laughs> but I think you and I talked about it a little bit before, Mark. I think you even warned me that Brooke probably wasn't going to like this movie very much. I knew this wasn't going to be a Brooke movie. As soon as you said you wanted to do Starry Eyes, I was like, eh, all right. You're like, Brooke's not going to like it, but you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, you know, the, there was a lot that I could appreciate this from this movie. So, I mean even like on a second watch, which I'm willing to give it another chance, like, you know, mm-hmm. may like it more. So yeah, it's not the end. Very true. Yeah. Very true. Hopefully you can redeem yourself later. <laughs> Cause I just keep thinking about the fact that you gave Friday the 13th, a perfect 10 out of 10 on its story. And you gave this one a three. I'm like, I don't think it was a perfect 10 out of 10. It was, but... it was. Cause I remember Mark's reaction. He was like, what? It was, was a, it a 10 I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure I it was don't... a 10 out of 10. It might have been like a nine or an eight. I don't think it was a 10. I will look up the receipts right now. (laughs) Did you do it after the episode? It's fine. (laughs) Did you say you were looking up the receipt? Yeah, the receipts. The receipts. It's my way of saying that I gave the story a nine out of 10. Oh, Oh, fine, fine. Fine. (laughs) (laughs) Brooke. He's Brooke's got the notes right in front of him. (laughs) Brooke's prepared. I do actually, yeah. All right, so we know our scores. Let's head on over to Rotten Tomatoes and see what they've scored it. <clears throat> Starry Eyes pokes Hollywood's seedy underbelly to produce a refreshingly original horror story read by, led by a breakout performance from Alex Esso. So, judging by that consensus, what do you guys think that the critics scored it? Hmm. I'm going to say a 73 because it seems like they had a very uh, good like reception to this film. So I'm going to say like a 73. I was also going to say in the 70s. So I will go with a 78. Okay. Michael is closer. The 74%. Oh, I was one off. Nice. Nice. I thought for sure Brooke was going to be like, I'm going to go with 74 I thought so no, too. <laughs> I'm not that asshole on Price is Right, okay? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Those features will be crazy. Um, but yeah, so it got a 74% on 23 reviews. Um, that's the Rotten Tomatoes score that we see, but uh, it was actually adjusted to a 6.9 out of 10, which is still like Pretty not, good. not terrible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And the audience scored it a 56% on a thousand plus ratings. And it was adjusted to a 3.3 out of five. I mean, still good if you adjust it to a 3.3 out of five, but that's still like a 50, what was it? A 56%? Yeah. That surprises me a little bit. I was expecting it to at least be in like in the high 60s. Mm -hmm. Especially the critic score being that high. For Rotten yeah. Tomatoes, like at what point, like, so it's a thousand plus ratings. So at one point, do they say like, oh, uh, 5,000 plus, like when does it do that jump of how many ratings it gets? I'm not yeah. sure to be honest. I don't like the whole new format that they have. Cause it used to tell you the actual number mm-hmm. yeah. and now it's just, it's like a thousand plus or like 250,000 yeah. plus. So I like, I never know what the actual number is. Yeah, I don't know. 50, 56% is a little low for me, but <laughs> <laughs> did Brooke review this movie? Yeah. <laughs> on Rotten Tomatoes? Did Brooke go on here and 
<laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Brooke hacked Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. Brooke's like, this movie is not that great. I'm going to go in here and <laughs> before the episode and completely fuck with it. <laughs> oh, All right. Are you guys ready for our scare section? Yes, Absolutely. sir. All right, Brooke, let's have you go first. Ooh, what okay. did you give it for a scare rating? So I gave it a three out of 10. Um, the things that some actresses do to get roles is pretty disturbing. Um, mm. I thought that was the most scariest part of it, to be honest. Uh, there was a lot of good kills and a lot of blood, but I felt like the the reality of like the truth um mm-hmm. i don't know if that's what we're looking for and that part of the story was more disturbing to me yeah um and the scariest scene was when she sucked that old man old man's dick and drank his man juices <laughs> which transformed transformed into her into a deteriorating mess at least you said man juice this time and not man gunk because that yeah. was so fucking gross uh. <laughs> i think that tops um oh, man. what is it the the cum crumbles i oh, think yeah. that tops it because that yeah. was pretty gross and <laughs> <laughs> um and would i survive yes i wouldn't suck an old man's dick or muff dive into an old lady's badge <laughs> be sure man that casting director was pretty She's pretty hot. She's quite. Yeah. Uh, she was quite a sight for sore eyes, for sure. <laughs> Not for me. Yeah. Oh god. <laughs> All right, um, Michael, you want to go? Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> oh fuck. For the for the scare rating, I gave it a four out of ten. Um, I agree with Brooke. I think that the fact that there are people out there that do this kind of thing, like producers and shit like that. And the, mm-hmm. the lengths that somebody will go to get a role in a film that is scary to me, but also the body horror aspect of it, like body horror freaks me out because I'm, can you stop? <laughs> stop. Sorry. I'm leaving this in. <laughs> he wants to be a part of the podcast too. Um, he wants to, he's like, hey, listen to me, hear me, I'm talking, <laughs> stop. Um, like body horror freaks me out as it is because I'm kind of a hypochondriac. Like if there's, some, if there's like one thing wrong with me, I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to die. It's cancer. Like if I have a headache or like mm. if I get constant headaches, I'm like, oh, I have a tumor. Or, you know, if even one thing is like wrong with me, I'm like, oh God, I think I'm going to die. So like that aspect to me is really scary. Well, Not in like, oh, sorry. I was going to say, even with me a couple of weeks ago, I was like, I had a headache like a few times during the week just because I was so fucking exhausted. Michael's texting me. He's like, oh, like maybe you should go get it checked out. Make sure you don't have like a tumor or something. I'm like, dude, I don't have a fucking tumor. <laughs> I'm good. I was like, I was like, you really should go to the doctor and get that checked out. Cause I, I think I want you around for a long time, Mark. I don't think you're dying anytime soon. And he's like, I'm fine. It's, I'm just tired. It's, that's all it is. I'm like, oh, well, okay. Then. Just Takes looking out for Dawn, you. I'm good. I'm just looking out for you. Appreciate it. So, you know, you're gonna thank me one day when you go to the doctor after I've urged you to go there, and they're like, "You have a tumor." <laughs> oh, like, fuck! I should have listened to him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, it's not like a, it's not like a terrifying movie or anything. I think the body mm. horror thing is scary to me just because of what I just said. Um, but other than that, uh, yeah, it's, it, it's been really scary for me. Um, would I survive? Probably because I'm not about to, I'm about to say the same thing that Brooke said. I'm not about to go suck an old man's cock for a role in a film. Sorry. That's oh, depressing. come on. No, Mm-mm. no. You want those come crumbles. <laughs> I mean, maybe if it was like Ryan Reynolds or someone like that, probably <laughs> so, but not like not him. No. Um, and uh, shit. What was the last part? Uh, your scariest scene scariest scene that's right uh scariest scene for me was the whole scene like her whole transformation scene it's just it Mm -hmm. goes along with that whole body horror thing i think it's just disgusting like just the whole time her hair's falling out she's got shit oozing out of her under you know underwear and so and then she throws up the maggots it's just all disgusting to me yeah and uh yeah probably that whole scene all right cool my scare rating i gave it a five out of ten uh i said the gore was really well done and some scenes made my stomach do loops uh alex esso played her role so perfectly and was like super creepy throughout the whole second half of the movie Uh, i said obviously the movie's exaggerated but it's a good look into what people are willing to do for stardom which is scary in of itself so i basically all three of us had somewhat of the same review of of why this is like a scary movie in a sense yeah um my scariest scene i said when she smashes that chick's face in with the dumbbell just (laughs) like we talked about before but like that last blow and like just everything like coming off of her face with the dumbbell i was like oh oh my god So so gross and would i survive i I want to differ out than you guys because you guys put yourselves in the role of uh, Sarah, whereas I put myself in the role as like everybody else around her. Mm. So I said, I don't know. She goes pretty fucking crazy out of nowhere and starts killing people off. I don't think I would be able to survive just being like, a pure surprise of everything. Like she just like snaps out of mm-hmm. nowhere and starts killing all these people off. Yeah. Yeah. So I put myself in the role as like everybody else in the house. That's interesting. But no, I'm not sucking an old man's dick for a role. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, well, and I'd probably survive if I was one of her roommates because I'd just be like, I'd play dead. Fucking play dead, you idiot. <laughs> just play dead. <laughs> she could have survived. I don't know. But yeah. Yeah. Well, I also I think the I'm cult aspect with a dumbbell this. in my face. <laughs> That's yeah. true. When you're sleeping. (laughs) I also think the cult aspect of this film is scary too. Cause like, it's very realistic. Like the whole, the whole third act reminds me of the Manson murders. Like just like the, I mean, obviously the Manson murders were vicious, but I feel like this is kind of like a step above that, but like it almost kind of echoes that whole thing with like Mm -hmm. what people are willing to do to do something for something that they love. I don't know. It's kind of scary. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure so definitely all right well it's been a long time since we've had a guest on the show but we are going to close this off with our a podcast on elm street double dub special two cream two sugar in your (laughs) coffee (laughs) who's the cream who's the sugar uh mark is the cream 
Whoa, 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 whoa. In my eyes, Mark is the cream. Maybe to some other people. I am. I'm as sweet as sugar, baby. Come on. (laughs) Oh, geez. Your reaction to that was everything, Mark. I'm the cream. Jeez. Brooke, what's your first question for Michael? All right. My first question is, if there was one movie that you could audition for, what would it be? Ooh. So is it a, it, can it be a film that's already been made or one that's like in yep. the process? Any, of- any okay. film that's been made, any character, whatever. Hmm. Gosh, that's a tough one. Cause there's so many movies that I just wish mm. I could be a fly on the wall for. Um, I'm probably going to say like, scream five i would love to be in scream five just so just to be a part of that whole experience like meet the whole cast Mm -hmm. like be a part of that like it was actually i don't know no actually no not scream five because wes craven's not a part of that so scream four i would probably love to audition for just because i feel like out of all the films that has like the most solid cast in my opinion Mm -hmm. um Mm because you get like the original cast but then you get like these amazing cast of characters like Kirby and Jill and all these two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Scream four for sure. That'd definitely be my choice. Cool. cool. Michael wants to be ghost faced in Scream Four. I do. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh my first question. What universal horror movie monster would you want to be and why? Mm. So this is like your Dracula, your Wolfman, the mummy. Creature from the Black Lagoon. Yeah. Um, I'd probably be Dracula. Just because, like, okay. I already I come out at night anyway. I work nights. I'm I sleep most of the day. You know, the sun is not my friend. I'm an indoor person, so <laughs> it's like for me, I don't know. And they're you know they're very classy. They you know they they're dressed in like a suit and a cape, and you live in a big mm-hmm. fancy castle. I think yeah, I think I'd be living the lavish life as as a vampire. So. I think, I think I'm going to go with that. Dracula's living the dream. Yeah, for nice. sure. They're also pacey as fuck, so that helps. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> and I can fly. I can fly around too, which is fun. I can fly. Mm-hmm. I can, you know, do a whole lot of other stuff. So it's just not just being a vampire. You get like powers that go with that. So that's very true. Mm-hmm. Good answer. Thank you. <clears throat> All right. So my second question is going to be a variation of a fuck, Mary kill. Yes. Now, you have to answer this question. There's no, you can't get out of this question, okay, Michael? Oh, no. Oh, okay. This is a so good preface. This is going to be, I'm going to give you three Taylor Swift albums. Oh, God. Oh, <laughs> shit. You either have to destroy one forever. You have to pick one that you can listen to once a year, either in succession or you know, throughout the year, one song, one song, one song, and then oh, one album you can keep forever. You can just do whatever you want. Oh All my right. God. So the first <laughs> option is 1989, Evermore, and Red. Fuck me. Well, at least Damn. you didn't say, rep- at least you didn't say reputation. So thank God for that. Thank God you left Reputation off the table because that's my favorite album of all time. So well, thank God for that. Thank you for not putting that one on there. Um, fuck me. Um, I would probably, 
fuck this is i'd probably have to kill off evermore like i love that album but out of all like those other two albums i feel like that's the most like i listen to that album a lot but it has a lot of sad songs on it so i really have to be in the mood to listen to it so i'd probably kill that one i probably I like her folk album yeah so like she has folklore and then evermore was like the sister album to folklore so uh, okay yeah so they're kind of like the same album um but uh red would definitely be the one that i listen to like once or twice a year and obviously 1989 would be the one that i keep forever because 1989 is like my second favorite aside from reputation so yeah good question brooke hey that wasn't as hard well no if you would have put if you would have put like uh 1989 reputation and probably folklore on there that would have been way more difficult for me to choose (laughs) i literally just picked like the top three like albums that i saw (laughs) so hey there you go that's good good question though i liked that one (laughs) that was good any excuse i I have to talk about the queen is you know i was waiting for you to jump out that window beside you i have to go bye (laughs) he's in a basement i'll jump out this window My second question, Michael, what true crime story would you most want to be made in a movie? Ooh. Well, I would say the Amityville horror, but that one's already been made into many movies. So like 23 of them. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, uh, Jeez. That's a tough one because there are so many true crime stories. Probably, I'm trying to think of films that haven't been made because there's so many mil- movies that have been made off true crime stuff. Probably the Keddie Cabin Murders, even though The Strangers is kind of loosely based off that, I feel like. Yeah, but it, I mean, it's loose enough that like you could say that it's not exactly what happened. Exactly. Well, and I, I think they have made a movie based on the Keddie Cabin mur- murders, but it wasn't very good. So, if we're talking about like a good film that's made off of that, yeah, I'll say the Keddie Cabin murders. Okay. Cool. Yeah. No, I was actually hoping for like a piece of shit movie to be made <laughs> off of it. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. I, Loki, thought that's what your answer was going to be, anyways. All right. That's I it. guess that's it. Oh, no more questions. That's it. There's only two, buddy. Double, double. Oh, darn. That was fun, though. Thanks for thanks for incorporating a Taylor Swift question in there for me, bro. <laughs> hey, you know me. I got you, pal. I got you, you know me so well. <laughs> <laughs> Mark, too, with the true crime question. So you guys both yeah. know me pretty, pretty damn well. So I'll give you that. Exactly. Oh, man. All right, I, thought you were, be- I thought you were going to give me like a, an option of like, fuck, Mary kill, like you, Mark and somebody else and i was gonna say well can i have mark for two of those options can i fuck no mark? you cannot <laughs> just kidding get out of here of course you oh, want to marry man. him you've only had him on for like five episodes of your podcast that's true <laughs> hey well you know uh, in his, in my defense you're always working brooke you have like a regular person schedule so it's harder for me to get you on you just gotta ask i know I know we have a we do have a plan to have you on. I know I'm just I'm just fucking with you to be honest. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, Brooke is heartbroken. Sorry, Brooke. (laughs) All right, uh, Michael. Be yeah. Oh, where you say Brooke? I was gonna say this was a blast, and uh, yeah, it was. was.
it's literally been since October since we've had a guest on. I mean, I'm yeah. not going to count our girlfriends for a Christmas episode, but uh, yeah, it's been since October, which is a long time. Fuck, that it was when we did time. our ring episode together, right? Yeah, since we've had month. you on, yeah. Yeah, that month, yeah. yeah. Wow. It's like almost a year. It's crazy. Well, yeah, I know. It <laughs> does not feel like it's been that long since we've had guests on. Yeah. I don't know what happened there. <laughs> I don't either. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, so before we sign off, Michael, do you want to give your podcast one last plug? Both of them, if you want, this time absolutely thank you for reminding me that mark because i always forget (laughs) (laughs) and then i have to hear about it from josh when i don't um so uh i'm a host on my podcast the we love horror podcast um it's a weekly podcast where i just have different people on every week and we talk about horror related stuff and then my other podcast uh which i co-host on it on with my friend josh who is from horror movie crew podcast uh we do it uh, twice a month bi-weekly um, we do ranking episodes. Uh, right now we're in the franchise season where we just rank our favorite franchises, um, the films from each franchise from worst to best. And uh, yeah, you can find both those podcasts on anywhere you stream your podcasts and on Instagram. So check us out. Say podcast one more time. Podcast? <laughs> Why? Because <laughs> just bugging you you said it a lot in that did i oh yeah i was like podcast podcast that yeah sorry (laughs) i thought you were gonna make fun of the way i say it i was like i thought i said it. no 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 no. okay (laughs) all right as for us you guys can find us on instagram at uh jesus christ a podcast on elm street (laughs) (laughs) i forgot what we were called for a second um if you click the link in our bio, you will see links to our Patreon account, uh, where this fine gentleman is one of our top tiers. So thank you, Michael, for thank you. being one of our patrons. Of course. Uh, there's also links to our Tee Public account, where we have some merch up there. Uh, we have a Discord server. We have a Twitch channel. Uh, all that fun stuff. And uh, yeah, I think that's it. Pretty thank much you guys it. for having me on again. I appreciate it. I had a blast Thank with you guys. No, we had a good for time. For sure. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. So, can't wait to have you online fun. again. <laughs> both of us or just me? Yeah, no, both of you. <laughs> yeah, damn straight. <laughs> <laughs> or Mark again for the 57th time this yeah. year. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. All right, guys. We'll talk to you next week. Yeah, see you later. Bye, guys. <laughs>